Connection Churches podcast. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Did your uh, favorite football team win yesterday? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a long time before we get out of those recliners again, ladies, so just go ahead and warn you. But uh, anyway, my name's Bo Fordham. I uh, just want you all to know I'm so humbled to be here this morning and to be able to speak to y'all. And uh, we're continuing the series all in, and uh, that involves, you know, our community, our service, our evangelism, and our generosity. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we got an obligation to serve. We should want to serve Christ. And uh, I remember, for me, the first time that I really got excited and I really knew what God kind of had in store for my life. I had uh, a year prior, the Lord had changed me from many bad things that were going on in my life. And, and, and God changed me and he changed my heart and he just opened me up to who he was. And for the first time, I really saw what his saving grace meant in my life. Sometime later, as, as time went on and uh, the relationship was growing with Christ, I went to an event called the Walk to Emmaus and... Uh, and it just hit me. I knew that I was supposed to speak. I knew I was supposed to proclaim what he's done for us. And I, I got so excited. When I got home, I was expecting to find my wife and my family, you know, there, ready to just, you know, be with me, welcome me with open arms. But, but for some reason, we got a little time mixed up. They didn't know when I was coming home. They weren't there. And I just had to share Jesus with somebody. I went over to my next door neighbor's house. Nobody was home, you know, knocked on the door, the cars were gone, nobody was there. And I said, well, I'm going to my other neighbor's house. Now, I live in Hope You Like It, Georgia, and, you know, neighbors ain't just like right next door. We have to, you know, we have to kind of kind of spread out to get to each other. And I don't know why I didn't get my car, but anyway, I tore out up the lane. I went to see Ricky. He wasn't home. I just had to share Jesus with somebody. And then already I was getting a little discouraged because I couldn't find anyone. So as I was coming back up the lane to my house, here come our little wire fox terrier dog. I said, come here, buddy. Y'all, I picked that little dog up, and I told him that Jesus loved him, that Jesus could save him from his sins, that God's plan in his life was for him to chase cats and keep those sinful things out of our yard, but he needed to repent from peeing on my tires. Y'all, if I could have found a five-gallon bucket, I believe I'd have baptized that dog that day. And it must have worked because he's having a milk bone Bible revival every Wednesday night in our backyard with two squirrels and a rabbit. But uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding about that part, but, but that did. And, and the excitement, you know, is, is welled up in me. And today, you know, we're going to talk about serving and uh, how we can serve, how we as individuals, you know, how uh, as, uh, us as small groups in our homes and as Connection Church, you know, how, how can we serve? You know, what, what does it mean to serve? And some examples of that. Um, I'm going to start us off with prayer. Y'all bear with me. Uh, I'm not the most eloquent speaker in the world, as y'all already figured out. But uh, I just want to be obedient to the Lord and share on my heart what, what he's laid on it this week. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you this morning for the opportunity to come and worship you, dear Lord. Dear Lord, you are the I am. You are the beginning and the end. Dear Lord, you hold all things together. And dear Lord, I just thank you for who you are and what you've done for us. Dear Lord, by just, Lord, getting on that cross to save someone like me, to save all of us, dear Lord. 
and we just thank you for it. Dear Lord, I just ask that you humble our hearts this morning. Dear Lord, that you just let us get to a place that we can hear you, dear Lord, and, and can be touched by you. Take the self, take ourselves away and just let you enter in. And in Christ's name, I do pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to go through several texts this morning, but uh, our first one we want to talk about is uh, Matthew 25, verse 31 through 40. You can follow along in your Bibles. Uh, if you got to your app devices, that's great, or we, we should have it popping up here on the screen. The book of Matthew 25, 31 through 40. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him, we will be, before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when, when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of these least of my brothers, you did it to me. Here we have Jesus telling us a parable of, uh, of the final judgment. You know, we have Jesus, he's there, he's going to be on his throne and I want you to know it's his throne. It's not our throne, it's his. It's his rightful place. You know, we have what he's referring to as the sheep here. That's the righteous. That's the saved. And then we have the unsaved, the goats. You don't want to be a goat. And we have a good explanation here of why we should serve. By serving those in need, y'all, we are actually serving Jesus himself. That's what he's telling us here in this passage. And that just puts a little different kick to it when I think about serving. Is that, you know, when, when we go out and help others, you know, we are, we are, we're doing what God wants us to do. And by doing so, the love that Jesus has shown us, we're glorifying him because it's reflecting right back to him. I believe that's what he's telling us here. And um, we need to realize that uh, Jesus needs to be our number one focus in all that we do. And all that we do, no matter what it is, is that we should be doing it in honor of Jesus and to glorify him. So what is a servant? A servant is one who submits himself to someone else's authority. Another definition of it is one who is distinguished as obedient and faithful to God. An attendant in service of someone. A bond servant. You know, back in Jesus' day... There were many people, you know, they, they were in need, they were in trouble, they didn't have places to live. Maybe they got in debt with someone. And what someone would do is, is they would bond them out. They would, they would pay their debt. And then those people would submit to those, you know, for food, shelter, clothing, live with them, and, uh, and things of that nature. And that's, and that's what being a bond servant is. It also can mean slave. You know, being a slave. Paul said he was a slave to Christ. And the reason that being because you've been bought with a price. And Jesus... He paid for us with a price, the price of his blood and his life on the cross. 
In serving, we need an example to follow. And there are many examples in the Bible. But who do you think is the best example to follow? That's right, Jesus. Let's look at Matthew 9, verses 35 through 38. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. But they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. If we're going to serve, we need to follow Jesus' example. First of all, Jesus went out. He didn't stay at home. He went out to all the cities. And I think that's the calling that he has for us. I know it's the calling that he has for us. Jesus taught. We should be able to teach. And we can teach in many ways. It may not just necessarily be teaching, you know, someone, uh, you know, out of a book or out of the Bible or something like that. But we teach also by our actions and how we live our life. You know, Jesus proclaimed, he proclaimed the gospel. He uh, healed every kind of disease and affliction. He had compassion and we should have compassion. You know, when you, when you see people in need, does it, does it touch your heart? Do you want to help? Do you want to reach out? Jesus gives direction also. You know, he told them, he said that they should pray to the one who saves, which is Jesus, that they be sent out to the harvest. See, Jesus wants us involved in his work. Does Jesus really need us? No, Jesus can do anything he wants at any time, anyhow. But because of his love for us, he wants to involve us in this. He wants that relationship with us. He wants us to be involved in his will, in our will for our life. And being a servant... It is not being a servant of the world, but it's being a servant to him for a lost world. To show the love of Christ. I want to pull up a, a picture on the screen. It's, uh, it's uh, an example that, that touched me and my wife's heart a couple of weeks ago. I've been working out of town. I've been up in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. And I've been staying away from my family, and I've just been able to come home on the weekends. And some weekends we've been so busy, I haven't been able to get home. So uh, I got hooked up with a church up there. It's called Radiant Life Church. And uh, one of the weekends that I couldn't, one of the weekends that I couldn't come home, Jennifer and the boys they came up, and and I'd met the pastor in this church and a couple of men, and, and we went to Radiant Life. And uh, they have what they call connect time before church. They have. Uh, you know, they have bananas and donuts, you know, that kind of thing. And they meet up outside in the front lobby of the church and they just share and talk about what's going on in their week, you know, and just greet you. And in time we walked in the door, they just met us with love. And uh, it, it was just an awesome feeling. And, and sometimes, you know, we think that God's only working, you know, with, with us, but God's, God's at work everywhere. And that just really, that just really sh- uh, was shown to us up there. So anyway, after I introduced Jennifer to a couple of the guys I met and we had talked, we were standing there, and and, uh, and here comes Rachel. And uh, this is Rachel on the left. This is Jennifer, my loving wife on the on the right. You know, thank you, honey. You put up with a lot of stuff, and I'm just so glad you're still with me. Um, Rachel comes up to to my wife, and, and, and Jennifer, she doesn't mind me telling you all this. She, she battles with some insecurities in her life sometimes. And uh, she was having a particularly hard week with those issues. And uh, 
Rachel, she comes up and, and uh, she just, she grabs Jennifer's hair, not grabs it, pulls it, but just started stroking it. She said, your hair is so beautiful. And she just rubbed Jennifer's face. She said, your face is so beautiful. You are just so beautiful. You can see the beauty in you. Y'all, Rachel battles cerebral palsy. She told us, she said, as you can tell, she said, it's, it's hard for me to speak sometimes. It's hard for me to get my words out. She said, I have, I have trouble moving sometimes. She said, but I have no bad days because I know Jesus. Y'all, that's a servant's heart. You know, Rachel takes what God has given her himself and she shares it with others. And I know it just at the right time for, for my wife and for me, it was what needed to be said. It was what needed, needed to be done. And it just literally, it melted my heart. And I just, God, give me a heart like Rachel creating me that clean heart so that I can serve you better, so that I can take with what you give me and be able to carry it out and share it to a lost world. In Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28, it says, Jesus, but Jesus called them to him and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is teaching his disciples an important lesson here. Brandon had talked about this. The son of Zebedee, John and James' mother had come and she was wanting Jesus to say, put one on the left of you when you're in heaven, put one on the right. And, uh, and Jesus got, all, you know, the other 10, they started rebuking the two and Jesus, you know, drew them all together and he told them, you know, what it would take and uh, what it takes to be great. And, uh, you know, in a worldly view, we have, a you know, being great is, you know, earning all this money or all the things we can do and all the things we can obtain and get and stuff like that. But what Jesus is telling us here is what really is, you know, if, if you want to be great, if you want to be a servant of him, you know, you got to humble yourself and, uh, and to serve. You know, serving Christ helps us to become the people that God wants us to be. But through our serving, is teaching us, is sanctifying us to be more like him. So I'm asking, I mean, are you serving him? I know for me, it hasn't always, uh, it hadn't always been this way. And I still got a long way to go. But um, when I was a teenager, I felt a calling in my life that I was called into some type of ministry. And I just blatantly denied God and tried to prove to God that he didn't want me. And I was like a hungry traveler. There was this guy, he, uh, he was hungry. You know, he'd been out and about traveling. He didn't have anywhere to live. He, could, he was just down on his luck. And he goes up to this little farmhouse and he knocks on the door. And this little nine-year-old boy, he comes up and he says, Son, he said, I've been out and about. I hadn't had anything to eat in a couple of days. You reckon you can spare something for me to eat? Little boy said, Sure, sure can. No problem. So the little boy goes and he comes back with this big old bowl. It's got all kind of stuff in it, you know. And the guy, you know, he was hungry and he just sits down on the porch and, you know, he starts to eat. 
And out of nowhere comes this little Vietnamese pig around the corner of the house and comes, you know, comes running up there to him, nudging on his leg and carrying on. The guy just, you know, he kind of kind of kicks him off, you know, and just keeps eating. He says, son, this sure is good. I sure appreciate it. And the, and the pig just wouldn't leave the man alone. He just kept nudging at him and carrying on and carrying on. And, and the guy looks at the little boy and he said, son, he said, this sure is a friendly pig. And uh, the little boy said, no, sir, he ain't really that friendly. You just eating his scraps out of his bowl. And for much of my life, that's what, that, that's what I was doing. I've been, uh, been eating out of, you know, the, the, worldly, the worldly pig bowl. And uh, one of those things was selfish, selfishness. You know, a while back, Brandon preached on that. He said, 10 out of 10 of us are selfish. And uh, that hit me hard. It, it really did. And, and I know for a good portion in my life that, that, that's, the way it, uh, that that's the way it was. And being selfish, you know, that, that keeps us from serving the way we should. You know, we either, when you're selfish, you either want God all to yourself or either you don't want him at all. You know, you know, you just say, God, do this for me, do this for me, do this for me, help me, help me. Or either, nah, I'm doing fine just on my own. Or when we do, when we do serving out of selfishness, we have that uh, the look at me disease. I'm on 16 committees. I read 18 chapters of my Bible every day. I go to church on Sunday. I even go to connection evening service. We don't have one, but I'm going to check it off anyway. You know, that's what we, uh, that's what we tend to do. And, uh, we want, we want, you know, others to, to look at us. And, uh, and if, and if that's happening, you know, unless our, unless our attitude is like Jesus is, you know, when he said, I, I didn't come to do my will, but, but to do the will of the father, then we need to check our, our heart's attitude because God hates pride. He does, but he gives grace to the humble. And uh, selfishness, you know, it just takes our hearts off of Jesus and puts it on the big me. And that kills a servant's heart, and it renders us ineffective. It's like the story of Mary and Martha and Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted, distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Mary's focus was, you know, look at me. And uh, look at Jesus, look what I'm doing for you. And she even threw in, you know, that her sister wasn't serving when actually her sister was doing the very type of serving that she needed to do. Another thing that really uh, affected me in my life and, and, and why I wouldn't answer the call was, was indifference, you know, that I can't make a difference. And, you know, and it doesn't matter. And uh, many of us, you know, feel like that today. I heard a man say one time, he said, let them go to hell their own way and they can't go grumbling. Talking of the, of the unsaved. You know, and they say things like, you know, it's the preacher's job to preach. Well, duh, that's what he was called to do. But what are we called to do? I was at a funeral visitation one time. It was, it was, at, it was my grandmother's. And uh, I don't know what it is, but at South Georgia funerals, I know as I was growing up, about maybe one out of every three, you always see the, the wreath, 
and they have the toy telephone in the middle of it, you know, and it says, Jesus called. Well, I was standing there with my uncle, and, and yes, it was a sad time, but now my grandmother, she loved a joke, and she was a very, just a very funny person, so I, I, don't, don't judge me for this, but, but my uncle, he, he kind of nudges me, and, and he looks over at the reef with a little phone in it, and he said, Bo, he said, uh, if that phone answers, I mean, if that phone rings, you answer it. And uh, we got tickled and carried on, but, but I, don't know, I, feel, I feel like the phone's ringing in our lives. Jesus is steadily calling on us. And, uh, and are, you, are you answering the call? Are you answering the call to be a servant? Let's look at Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Because we can make a difference, and, and here's a good example of it. And when he returned to Capernaum after, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together, so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And in and he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not, not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made that opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. We see a great example here of, of, of people wanting to serve in uh you know, no matter what the cost, trying to get someone to Jesus. And, uh, I mean, you know, they went as far as, you know, tearing out the roof to get their friend or their buddy or, or, or whoever it was, a, a person in need, to Jesus. And uh, we can make a difference. We do make a difference with, it, with our serving. Do whatever it takes to get someone here. Go by and pick them up. You don't, we don't have to tote them much anymore and just pull up in the car or the truck and, well, you may still have to tote one of them, but you know, slide him in the back of the bed and bring him on to church. Make that phone call. You know, give that smile to someone. I- I- invite them. Invite them to come to know Jesus. And I guess the biggest thing in my life that uh, that, that hampered me from uh, from answering the call and serving him then was uh, unworthiness. You know, I've I've done a lot of awful things in my life. You know. And uh, I, I didn't feel at that time, you know, I, I didn't know, God, well, how, how can you want me to preach when, when the very thoughts that I'm having in my mind as a, as a teenage guy, you know, aren't clean, you know, you know they're, they're not what they're supposed to be. Um, some things that I was wanting to do, um, you know, just didn't, uh, didn't align in my mind with why would you, why would you want to use me? Um, other reasons why, you know, maybe we don't serve. Maybe someone has done awful things to us and, and we don't feel worthy. Um, you know, I can't speak in front of a crowd. You know, we hear that often, but it, you may not be called to speak in front of a crowd. It, it may be just, maybe just to speak to one. Can you speak one-on-one with someone? Or uh, can you, like I said, can you give that smile? Um, can you lead them to someone who, who can talk to them? Can you pray? You know, that's a good way of serving. You remember the series A Better Story when, when Brandon was uh when Brandon was preaching. And uh one thing that, that I realized is that it is true, I, I am unworthy. You know, there's it says in God's word that there's none none righteous, none righteous, no not one. But it's through God that He 
brings that and he makes us righteous before God so that we are worthy and he does love us. And I just, I want everyone to know here that God is, he's working in your life. And uh, you hadn't blown it no matter what you've done or no matter what you think, how bad you've been or whatever's going on in your life, it's, it's not surprising God at all. You can't surprise him. Somebody else has already done it and God knew you were going to do it before you did it. So, you know, lighten up, just, just embrace the fact that he does love us and he wants to use us. I believe that with my whole heart. I know what I've seen in my own family and what I've, what I'm seeing in this community and what I'm seeing in this church. I know God loves us and I know he wants us to be all in. So how can we serve? Or, or what's a good way to get, get started? I know when, when, when everything happened to me and, and, and Jesus uh, you know, brought me back, led me back to himself, that uh, individually, you know, I, I started in prayer. And I, you know, and I humbly asked God you know, to, to start revealing things to me in my life that, that, he, wanted, that he wanted to change in my life, that I, did, that I, that I didn't need in my life. And uh, he started revealing those things. And as he reveals those things to you, start submitting to them. Give, give, you know, give them over to God. Get, in, get into the word. You know, this is, this is the word and the word became flesh, you know, when Christ came. Every answer to every problem, every issue, everything is all right here. Get in and search it. Get in and, and search it and, and build that relationship that, he's, that he desires to have with us. It says in John fifteen fifteen that no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. See, being a servant, when we think of it in a worldly sense, you know, it, it, it's not very pleasant. But Jesus is telling right here, being a servant is being his friend. And who wouldn't want to do things for a friend, right? He does so much for us. At home... Start sharing with your spouse. Start sharing with your, with, your, with your children. Start letting them know what God's revealing to you as you have, you know, as you have this alone time. And uh, you can do it, uh, the college students and, and you young high schoolers. Y'all, are, y'all just have this gold mine of opportunity to be able to serve Christ where you're at. You come in contact every day with so many that are lost and so many that need to hear about Jesus. The people you come across every day, you may be the only opportunity in their life that they ever get to see the love of Christ from someone. And I, and I just encourage you to serve. You can, young guys, you can, you can serve in, in, in ways too. You can serve by uh, staying pure, staying, staying true to what God you know, has intended for you. Guys, it won't hurt us to pick up a vacuum cleaner and run it, wash some clothes, help our wives get the kids to bed. Ought to be hearing amen on that one, ladies. Amen. Amen. All right. And uh, ladies, since you said amen, I'm not going to pick on y'all this morning. But, but anyway, no, support each other. Support each other in your home life, your roommates. And, and at your school, you can be uh, you can be a servant in that respect. Um, in our connect groups, um, I know it's a very special time for us. You know, we go to a couples connect group, and I also attend a, 
uh, a men's connect group on Wednesday night where us guys, we get together and we just, we really, we get real. We hash it out about what's going on in our lives. We talk about addictions of the past. We talk about, uh, you know, what, what God has in store for us, what he's revealing for us, and we lean on each other. And, uh, and, and as we do that, you know, we look for opportunities to, as a group, to go out and serve others in need. And uh, that's a, just a big key and, and I think a core, a core factor that, you know, just, that helps the church grow. And uh, as Connection Church, there's so many opportunities here. And uh, we have, you know, from the babies to the, to the fifth graders um, on Sundays, first and fifth graders on Wednesday nights at the Bell House. Uh, we have guest, guest services and first impressions, set up parking, the greeters, next steps, uh, tear down, set up, prayer team, um, worship and production, set up, worship team, production team. Then we have benevolence and outreach. The church has a booklet on so many opportunities that they, they feel that God, is lead, that God is leading them to. And uh, I, I suggest you, you know, check that out and find out where, where God's uh, asking your heart to lead. Uh, future planning, transitional housing, that's a big one. That, that's one that's on my heart. And uh, as, as, as people come and, and need help, we're going to have a program, you know, to, to help to get these people back on their feet. And, and not just by giving them a handout, but, but by supplying them houses and, and going through the church's program to, uh, to, to, to help them, you know, get, get back going. So as I bumble through this this morning, what is your attitude about serving Jesus? It's just, you know, a question I have. When Jesus went to the cross, you know, before then, you know, the soldiers, you know, they had beat him. They ripped the hide off of him. They placed a, just a crown of thorns and they just, they mashed it in his head. He was falsely accused. And then they led him to place of the skull and they nailed him to a cross. And as he was hanging on that cross, the soldiers started gambling for his garments. They were selfish. That was the attitude they had. They had the Son of God, the Savior, right in front of them. And they couldn't even see it because they were more concerned about their self and what they could get out of the situation. Then we had the religious rulers that were there. You know, they said... Dear to Christ, come down. Prove it. They were skeptical. You know, they knew all the laws. And they knew the things that, you know, they were supposed to do. That You know, the checklist. But they didn't know Jesus. Then we had the two thieves. You know, we had the thief. That he was mocking Jesus. And, you know, he just said, if you're to Christ, you know, Save yourself and save us. This guy, he, he wasn't concerned about a eternal saving. He was more concerned about just getting out of the situation he was in right then. And I just about bet if Jesus would have got him down off that cross, he'd have went back to doing the very thing that got him hung up there to start with. Then we had the other thief. The one that rebuked, the one that was mocking Jesus. And, you know, he said, don't you know 
we're hanging up here because we deserve what we're getting, but this man, he's done nothing wrong. He's God. And he looked at Jesus and he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus looked at him and he said, truly I say to you, truly I say to you that today you will be with me in paradise. So I just want to ask you today, is that day today for you? What is your attitude? Is your attitude like the soldier? Are you selfish? Is your attitude like the religious leader? You know, you believe there is a God, but you want him to prove something to you. He's already proven it. Or are you the thief that just, you just, like that, you just want to kind of accept God and, and, and his teachings and stuff like that, but, but it's for because you want him just to do something for you, get you out of a situation. Or has it come that time in your life where God's speaking to your heart this morning? Where he's speaking to you and he's saying, let me in, submit to me, become my servant, become my friend. Let me have control of your life. Is there anybody that feels that way? We we just want to ask you to stand. We want to celebrate with you. We have a prayer team that wants to pray with you. And I'm just wondering, is there anybody this morning that God's touched their heart today. Okay. Well, how about the rest of us with our servant? How's your attitude? How's your heart? Just like everyone that was at the cross, is there something that maybe you want to come forward and kneel and pray about that, to ask God to help you to be a better servant because he will. Anything that God asks you to do and wants you to do, he's going to equip you to do it. He'll make you worthy. He'll give you a task that I found that you can't do on your own, that it's going to take God to help you with it. But he'll lead you every step of the way. But as you feel led, why don't you come? Thank y'all for allowing me to share with y'all. And uh, just ask, just keep Jesus in your life. Keep him, stay close to him this week. I'll lead us in a little order of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you so much. Thank you for who you are, dear Lord. Just thank you for, for what you do. Dear Lord, we don't fully comprehend it, everything. But Lord, we don't have to because we know that you're in control and you got this. Dear Lord, I just ask you just to help us to be better servants of you and to guide us and direct us and to keep us. In Christ's name I pray.